Hello, and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. Today, my guest is Ollie Jones from Discretionary Investment Manager, Portfolio Metrics. And we're here to talk about ethical investing. So Ollie, good to have you with me. Thanks for having me. Um, first off, I want to start by asking uh, a question that I think a few people have raised to me recently, and that's the difference between passive and active when it comes to ethical and sustainable investing. I wondered whether what your view is on that and whether you can have a passive fund that invests uh, along those lines. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now that's a that's a really interesting question. It kind of combines two quite topical areas in investment management at the moment, being ethical investing and also the active versus passive debate. Um, in the ethical space, um, I guess the advantages of passive are very similar to in the you know the more traditional space in that you know it's low cost. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, it's low cost. Um, in the yeah. other quite often frequently cited advantage of passive in ethical is that it's simple. Um, you know, in terms of you set up a you know a screen, um, this is what you're trying to avoid, um, and that's yeah how you build your portfolio. Um, in my opinion, I actually think that's a little bit. It's not quite as clear cut as that um, when you look at actually how they, you know you build up the criteria for what you're trying to exclude it's not yeah it's not quite as simple as it seems because you know do you what sectors are you excluding um, how much revenue are you allowing from companies to actually have exposure to you know tobacco and the traditional kind yeah. of sectors that are excluded so although yes they are simple i think it's probably not quite as simple as they appear um the other big thing the other big issue um with passive is that it's very data reliant um, yeah. and the actual quality of data in ethical in the ESG space, although it's definitely improving, um, it's still not the best. Um, you know, the sort who's submitting the data, you know, typically it's larger companies with the, that actually have teams and the ability to just time and resource to be able to submit the data. Um, so that means, you know, these companies aren't, the smaller companies necessarily aren't, included just because they're not submitting data um, and also on top of that the data is often unaudited and it's also quite yeah. inconsistent in terms of what they're reporting so in terms of you know how do you aggregate that and how do you then look at a full universe on this data is quite difficult um, so where um, so just where do you come into that then do you have to analyze that data yourself um, so no, because so we are you know we build fund of funds essentially for our yeah. portfolios. So that's a, you know that's a manager choice as to how they're doing that, or you know, based on whether it's a passive or an active fund. Um, do you, there must be some kind of questions then you have to ask though along those lines to the managers. What kind of things do you tend to ask to narrow it down on the ethical front? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it's it's exactly that in that, you know, when we look at ESG and ethical investing, um, we believe, I believe very much that ethical, it's a, you know, it's an active process. Um, there's lots of parts to it that, you know, a traditional passive fund just can't do. Um, the, yeah. big, the big kind of um, subject area at the moment, you know, is positive screening, um, looking for those companies and factoring information about, you know, how companies are responding to topical ESG issues, you know, 
and also opportunities and how yeah they're looking to take advantage of that and also how their products and services you know impact society how are the companies dependent on society dependent on the environment and this is the kind of information you know you can't you just can't get without you know getting in there and meeting the team and you know really deep diving into what the company does and what the company is about um also on top of that what i think it's almost not quite spoken about is engagement in the ethical okay. space um how you know companies are engaging and how you know they're looking to improve companies um, yeah so you know a lot of the you know the passive managers you know they have quite large engagement teams but from a you know an ethical standpoint actually you know if you're just excluding all these companies that maybe don't tick your criteria boxes and you can have you can miss out on quite a lot of companies whereas if you've got, you know gone in there engaged with the company you know this is you know we think your company is great and what you do but perhaps you know you should start looking at doing this in your maybe in your supply chain or doing this you know with how you're managing your relationships with the wider community then that would be great and you know then we'd be able to talk a little bit more that's interesting i mean have you heard many examples of this happening yeah, so the active managers we use, um, a lot of them are, you know, very active in the engagement side. Um, mm. So obviously, when we're looking in this space, it's also, you know, you want financial returns as well. It's not just purely about having a positive impact on society. So, you know, those companies that very often, you know, they'll find really interesting ideas and really great companies from a traditional financial yeah. aspect. Um but then there's, you know, there's just some reasons why, you know, it might be board structure, it might be, you know, executive remuneration, the sort of classic examples of what, uh, you know, engage, what companies engage with. But because of something internally, you know, they can't can't invest with those companies. But then, yeah. they, then they're able to, you know, engage a bit on the individual level um, or with your slightly more multinational, you know, your really big companies, then they take part in collaborative engagement where they'll get together with a few um, other investors and really push the company hard to you know, make changes for the better. Do you think that does have an impact? Because there are you know, maybe a few more cynical voices who would say, that "Really, can you really can investors really change a company on that that basis? Are they going to listen to a few fund managers?" It's yeah, no, it's it's difficult, but I think that's where it comes down to, you know, the size of the investor base. Um, certainly, yeah. you know, one small investor engaging, you know, with a multinational company is less likely to have um, an impact on the on their processes and policies and how they change. But, um, you know, if you get a few quite, you know, if you get a few investors together and you start to, you know, really generate some size, um, then yeah, absolutely you can because you know every time you're coming, these companies are coming to the markets looking for you know, looking for capital. Um, if you've got larger and larger investor bases saying no because of this, then they don't really have any choice but to start taking these considerations seriously. So it's a question of kind of building that up. I think that's 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 definitely something that mm. seems to be happening at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I wanted to quickly go back to something that you raised there on the, you've got the idea that you have to get returns as well as the looking at sustainable output and questions like that. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you balance that when you're building a portfolio? It's, yeah, it's difficult and it's, it's important, especially 
um, in this space because you know, if you kind of look at how portfolio metrics manages in this kind of space. So for us, you know, in any strategy or any portfolio that we manage, it's all about, you know, maximizing those long-term, um, sorry, maximizing risk-adjusted financial returns for the client subject to any unique needs and constraints that that client may have. Yeah. Um, so in the ethical space, you know, the client typically has a need or a requirement for, you know, positive impact or, you know, a focus on sustainability um, for their investment. So essentially what you end up with, you know, it's like a, a dual mandated approach whereby financial returns are important, um, but you have this, you know, a need from the client to also balance in, um, balance in sustainability. Um, and also at, at the end of the day, you know, it's not, um, what we're doing, it's not philanthropy, you know, that's the maximum positive impact you can have. Um, but that's also, you know, we're not achieving financial goals of the clients if, you know, you're practicing philanthropy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how the way that we then look at doing that is the process for actually building portfolios in the ethical space for us, it's, it's almost identical essentially to how we would build any portfolio in that, you know, we start with asset allocation um, and then we build it through and build it up to fund selection. And then the, it's kind of in the fund selection as to, as to where we start to incorporate the, you know, the sustainability aspect to it in that, you know, manage, we still pick managers exactly the same on the fact, you know, they've got a strong, coherent, understandable process and philosophy. You know, the management team is experienced. They, they know what's going on. You know, they've got a really strong track record. But for us, you know, um, sustainable, um, yeah, sustainability has to be at the heart of the process. So that's what takes it, you know, from a, from a, an ethical, it's not the word you want to use because absolutely they're not, that's the wrong word, but to take it from a traditional portfolio to a ethical um, ESG type portfolio. Yeah, okay. And we, I think at the risk of going around in circles a little bit because we have touched upon it, but mm -hmm. I mean, how do you judge whether it's sustainable? Is it, is there particular data you have to look at? Um, mm -hmm. I imagine there's just a lot of difficult questions you have to answer. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting because that's kind of um, one of the challenges of investing in this space is that a lot of the definitions, um, you know, they have overlapping meanings, you know, there's lots of, yeah. acronyms, you know, you, you hear them all the time, you know, it's an SRI fund, it's a sustainability fund, it's an impact fund. Um, so actually, you know, what is it and what it's doing is a very important question. Um, actually, um, recently it was really interesting that Investment Association, um, November last year, they released a paper that basically highlighted the key issue in the space at the moment is a lack of, you know, common definitions for terms. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the paper you know, released, you know, started to set out common definitions and tried to set out a standard framework, if you like, for assessing um, funds in this space. Um, and the overarching term that they've kind of um, chosen is, you know, responsible investing as opposed to sustainable investing. And um, I think it's a really nice word to use because what responsible and mm. the idea of the responsible investing is, you know, that it really captures the full spectrum of investing because, you know, it really is a, it's a spectrum. It's not uh, one thing. This is, you know, this is the right thing or this is the wrong thing. Yeah, all the way along from you know just focusing on financial returns to as I've already 
met the bond with the maximum impact, which is that philanthropy concept. Um, so in that, you know, the responsible investing, that's just really to capture that, you know, the stewardship, long-term thinking, you know, client-centric approach to investing. Um, and then also, you know, factoring in ESG risks, opportunities into the investment process to make sure you're really capturing those, um, that full set of risk and return opportunities. Um, and we really believe that, you know, that adds to adds value, adds, yeah. adds, adds to risk-adjusted returns. Um, and then, you know, then it gets taken that slight step further towards, you know, a more, um, so then you start, you know, adding in more and more positive impact into the fund. So like, there's kind of, you know, three ways of doing it. You know, you get, get your exclusions, which is probably where, you know, that's where typically your passive funds lie. So you pick out sectors yeah. you don't want to invest in um, and you pick out those. Yeah, those exclusions based on it um and then you kind of then you take the next step up which is you know where we like to really look for well, the first point where you know where we start looking and it's sort of like a focus on sustainability yeah um, and i guess what that means is you know the the managers you know they're looking for these companies they're looking kind of at two things you know what does this company produce you know what are their products what's the service they're offering um and you know how is that having an impact you know, in the world in general, um, is, you know, is it, uh, are there a company that's providing a solution to problems that we face, you know, it, it a problem, you know, with power generation or, you know, back, um, renewable energy storage, you know, any kind of those problems that we have, how does this company's, um, service product, whatever, provide a solution towards that. And then also, you know, then they're further looking at, you know, business conduct, um, you know, is this company a real leader in this space? You know, at the end of the day, you know, is this company environmentally friendly? You know, are they so socially desirable in that, you know, they treat their staff really well, you know, they, they look after, you know, they care about the um, community that their, their operations are based in and also just general governance, you know, how well are these companies run? Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of the first one. And then you've kind of, this kind of a newer sort of way of investing. It's impact investing. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, where there's not a huge amount of funds out there at the moment. There's a few and there's sort of newer ones coming out. And, you know, this is really about generating positive social um, and environmental impact alongside those financial returns. Um, so they're really interesting um, and the real, standout thing so these what kind of so just to, sorry to interrupt there what kind of funds would be uh, part of that would it be sort of like solar funds um social housing that, that kind of thing so they would you know they would be included in that bracket but it's not you know that they kind of sit in what we would call a more thematic bucket you know where they're targeting okay. a specific theme such as renewable energy or um, you know, energy storage, you know, you could go get lots of these kind of thematic funds coming through. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, the impact funds are a little bit different in that they still invest broad based, but they're really looking at, you know, the impact that company is having, you know, are there, is their product, yeah, is their product saving energy? And if so, how much energy are they saving? Um, does this company save water? How much water does their product save? Um, and what these companies, what these funds are really great at is, you know, it's able to actually produce figures. So, you know, they can say for each million pound invested, you know, this is how much water you've saved. This is how many trees you've planted, you know, loads of, lots of really 
interesting information that especially in this space is very important to yeah. an investor. So in yeah, in our portfolios, you know, we typically have a blend of funds that are focused on sustainability and then also we have a funds, you know, that have that impact focus as well. That's very interesting, particularly the idea of sort of blending those ideas together. Do you think you're seeing more demand from investors for for these kind of things to have sustainable and uh, impact? Definitely. Um, I think it's a a really interesting trend at the moment. Um, You know, we're seeing demand sort of across the piece, you know, from our advisors, but it's, you know, it's generally demand-led. Um, and we've seen this year, the start of this year, there's definitely been a pickup in, um, you know, clients moving their money into our, from our, you know, into our ethical approach. Um, and it's, it's, okay. a mix, it's a mix of, you know, new clients that are coming on board, investing into um, ethical emphasis. And then also we're seeing, you know, some clients move across from our core portfolio offering into our ethical offering. Um, so it's interesting. It's exciting because um, it's our so our ethical approach. It's just gone through its three-year track record, um, yeah. which obviously is quite important for a lot of advisors. So yeah, that's often the number that they can then start to get a picture of how it's performed in the long term. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really exciting. So that was January this year. It went yeah. through its three-year track record. And, you know, the portfolios, they've, they've performed very well, which is also great from our point of view. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're seeing slowly. Um, there's also never really been a huge marketing push from our side for it, largely, you know, because you have to build up that track record and yeah. slowly build up interest. Um, the other interesting, I guess, area in this is this, you know, there's a lot of talk about the younger generation is where the interest is really going to come from and that, you know, intergenerational yes. wealth transfer that, you know, people are talking about and when it comes and then this potential wall of money, you know, moving across into more ethical, um, focused approaches, which I think will be an, a very interesting theme to watch and see how that develops. In the yes, thing. definitely. Definitely. And, uh, we did a whole special issue on this sustainable investing a couple of months ago and it really did surprise how many people seem to be moving to that as a as a focus for their active funds and mm-hmm. their, their general portfolios mm-hmm. um i did you mentioned performance there uh, it, it sounds like it's performed well over the three years mm-hmm. i wondered how well it's performed in the last few months given everything that's going on um some people have told me that esg funds have actually performed better yeah that's that's definitely something um, we've seen as well that the you know the ESG funds, the sustainability funds, they've performed well and they have held up well. Um, they have had, you know, they've certainly had a tailwind in the, yeah. what they avoid is what's been particularly hurt, especially you know in the oil space where these funds have very little exposure and obviously anything that has any kind of link to oil recently has been particularly hard hit. Um, yeah. And they also, you know, the funds often they have a slight bias towards, you know, sort of a quality growth kind of um, style, which has also been, you know, a tailwind for them as well. But, yeah. Um, And I just wanted to kind of finish here by talking about the idea of blending and building a portfolio. Mm -hmm. When an advisor comes to you and says, 
we want to use your service for some a client who has these particular needs how do you get that balance right um in terms of like who's responsible for looking after that need or yeah i guess it's I, I guess i'm kind of interested in just digging into how you have yeah, the advisor will probably have say a client comes to you with uh, comes to the advisor probably with a say they want to invest in something that has positive impact and they want it to um avoid animal testing is that something you would be able to build as a sort of portfolio would you point them towards a specific one that you already have yeah no understood so the way so that was probably one of the you know the key challenges when you know ethical emphasis out was founded is that you know what ethical means to people and what um people like and people don't like is very different i'm sure it's different between you know me and you as to what I would like to avoid this is what you would like to avoid yeah uh, then when you think of you know we we invest through a model portfolio um we invest so all our investments is via model portfolios so you can't you know you can never it's impossible to build a you know a, like a bespoke offering because it's very different and in the model portfolio space that's not we, we don't have the ability to offer that um so you know when it was built it was very important to be very clear about you know this is ethical emphasis this is what it does and this is how we view it um, yeah. you know and because we're investing by third-party funds you know it's it's impossible for me to be able to promise that something you won't have access to something um so yeah so we you know we took a quite a relatively pragmatic approach to it in in how we do it and you know we were very clear about what it means um and it's actually one of the exciting things we've got in the pipeline at the moment that we're just finalizing a responsible investment policy to really you know let advisors and their clients know what responsible investing means to portfolio metrics yeah how we implement that across our portfolios and then as a you know as a side side project to that we're also working on a way of how do we report what our funds are doing and what the portfolio is doing to the end client so they can see and um, that it and it fits their needs so it's about i guess sharing that kind of responsibility then with the advisor and making them clear of what your um your position is exactly yeah you know, you know there's things that we can't we can't guarantee um so we have to be very open and very honest that this is what we can't do but this is what we offer and this is how we offer it um and if you know if people have really really specific things they need to avoid then you know then you know like a full bespoke offering you know probably where you know the manager would be picking individual equities and individual um issues is would be the most appropriate for that kind of need yes yes great well, thank you very much, Ollie. That was really interesting.